0: All right, Coming up on this episode of Small Town Charm, uh, the, the past of Better Nolansville, how we all got involved in politics, how is Better Nolensville related to For Nolensville, and was it a huge conspiracy, was it a secret that, that For Nolensville was related to Better Nolensville, and how did we get so many darn signatures in the middle of a pandemic? All coming up on Small Town Charm. Welcome to Small Town Charm, the show kind of about the lovely Small Town Charm that we have here in Nolansville. Uh, my name is Daniel, we got Chris and Mike here. Uh, first off, uh, if you're watching this or listening to this, whatever platform you're on, uh, please do us a favor and subscribe uh, on that platform. If you're on one of the podcast platforms, especially, make sure that you leave um, a review, especially if you actually like this show. If you don't like this show, you don't have to leave a review. Do not um, review. Yeah, we're totally fine with that. that. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, this is about—I can't remember when we actually recorded the last uh, few episodes, but it was uh, at least a week ago. Yeah, it's been a week. Yeah, it's been a about week, a week and a half, yeah. maybe. A week and a half. Um, so, so I thought you know maybe the first place we could start this week is just talking about what's happened in this last week or so, um, especially with us launching the podcast. Um, you know one weird quirk about the way we do this podcast is for it to be realistic for us to do this many episodes, we have to like kind of batch record them. That's just, mm-hmm. and it's obvious if you watch the other episodes, that's what we did. Um, but this is the first time we've gotten a chance to record <clears throat> since any episodes came out. Right, uh, right. so, um, I think, uh, you know, my, I, I've done some podcasting before and stuff, never a video podcast, but I feel like it's, been I've been pretty happy with, you know, how things have gone. We've gotten some hate. We've gotten some people who love it. Um we've uh you know I think we've gotten a decent amount of people watching the show. Yeah. Um but I mean I don't know personally I've only heard from a few people. I've actually heard from some people um in my neighborhood that I was actually really surprised <laughs> that they liked the show um and like the name of the show because that was the first thing we talked about. Right. Um but uh, I haven't really heard directly anything too, too negative. I mean, what about you guys? Anything of note? Yeah, I mean, I, I've
1: obviously gotten a few negative comments. I think we've all seen those, though. They've been pretty public. They've either been on our page or on subsequent Nolensville pages that we've posted to. Um, I've gotten a fair amount of DMs, though, in support of this. Also from people I, um, I can't say I didn't expect them to like it but I just didn't expect to hear from them right um, like it was surprising to me that they were listening so um, I think one thing that like did surprise me is there is there's very much uh, I don't know if I can really say this because we don't have the data to prove it necessarily but like there is a kind of a silent majority I think of people who um, definitely like support um, the the things that we're talking about and just being honest and transparent about stuff that's going on and um aren't they're they're not necessarily willing to go out on platforms and comment and like things and they don't necessarily want to be associated with anything political but they are willing to listen and we're seeing that in the numbers to some extent of how many people are following the pages and paying attention yeah so that's pretty cool it's
0: encouraging i mean I think that's i mean that's what I love about the shows that I listen to or watch the most, the things I love the most about them or when like someone is saying something that like I really agree with to the point where it's like so specific that it's like I would have said that myself and I hope that one of us will say something, you know, every once in a while that a few people here in town feel that way about and I think that's what's happening. Have you had, like Mike, I know you probably have the biggest like reach here in town Um, so you're
2: probably getting more feedback, good or bad, than either of us are What's it been for you? Yeah, so like my perspective is a little bit more unique because I, I did the insider, and I can see this trending this, the, the very same way where you have the, the majority of negativity comes in a public forum like on our page or on a 401 or whatever. But all the DMs are very positive, very encouraging. Like I think me, me and Chris got a DM the other day and it was like, love the show. Uh, here are some things that would change. But if you don't change it, I'm still, I'm still gonna listen no matter what. And yeah. then mm-hmm. that's the majority of the feedback that we've gotten, and it does trend very much like, uh, like the insider did, where you it kind of takes you back by like, wow, like this person listened to this, this person read this blog, or this person uh, listened to this podcast. I like I didn't even know that this person's on Facebook much, uh, but the launch was insane. I. Kudos guys. <laughs> uh, I, re- like, I remember there was a very distinct moment with, with The Insider where uh, the drama boiled to the point where it just became the, the thing to do, to uh, go read a blog. And we reached that pretty much on the first episode where you, ha- you do have people that are, that are completely on board, are going to listen to every episode. Uh, Are gonna tag me in a bunch of seltzer, (laughs) Sponsorship. I I drink seltzer; uh, they're (laughs) delicious. Uh, But yeah, I'm I'm extremely happy, and like we've we've all figured that the the drama around the name is gonna die out. Yeah, it it pretty much has. I feel like already. Yeah, there was like uh, just the other day somebody like poked fun at me for it. They're like, you know, when it launched, people like, and there wasn't a big amount of people. It was a few people that were upset about it. and I mean, to their credit, like, if you're on that, if, if, if you're, if I don't disagree with that point of view, that it's not an unrealistic point of view. uh, But it, it lasted like, what, 24 hours? And that same person that kind of went hard the first day was poking fun at it a week later. And yeah. So um,
0: I, I actually think, like, the people, it's interesting because the people who know, I think people who know us personally, there were some people who didn't like the name, but they like every single person that knows us that then gave us negative feedback about the name, I felt like everyone was being fair and how they expressed, you know, that to us. Um it was only people I felt that maybe don't know really like kind of our personalities or like kind of how we approach things, um that that it um, were being a little more uh judgmental maybe about uh why we why we had that name. Um well, I want to make sure that a couple of things. One, I do want to bring up that we got feedback too. Like, uh, 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 I think you mentioned someone said to you, uh, I have some things I would change, but if you don't change anything, I'll still listen. Or was that you, Chris? Who we we
2: both got that at the end. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, said okay, we that's what it was. It. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, I, I heard some feedback. Some people said it needs to be shorter. Some people said it needs to be longer. Um I do think that like, based on kind of that, I I do think that one thing we can do that will help a little bit is we're not gonna artificially limit ourselves to uh, a 30-minute roll of of film, um, but we're also not going to stretch something out so long that it's just like we've said everything, we're just beating a dead horse. We're just just gonna talk about a topic as long as it warrants being Mm -hmm. talked about. Um, And my job, thankfully, is being the dummy of the group is that I can kind of take the object, hopefully take the objective perspective and say, let's, let's make sure we touch on these things Or I can ask the, the questions that maybe you guys already know the answers to. And so you don't think to even ask them. Um, but I think an interesting place to start, I we kind of decided this would be our, our election and, I, and not like current election. Cause we've already talked about that, but like elections from the past, and just in general why why we decided to become more active mm-hmm. because long before this podcast existed all three of us in in different ways and some and in some similar ways were were very active in local politics and I think it's important for people to uh, because a lot of people think they're Uncovering some amazing Da Vinci Code-esque conspiracy <laughs> when they claim things about the three of us, right? And there's not been one single thing that I've seen pointed out that we haven't already all just been like, "How do you not already know this? We're already we've already admitted to these things, right?" right? Um, so I think we could be thoroughly transparent and honestly, selfishly, I want to have a podcast and a video so when someone, some genius comes up again, like, "Oh, I figured it out! I cracked the case!" I can just say just a link it, it linked to the <laughs> video where we yeah. already admitted to all of it right um because i don't think a lot of people who are opposed to us are willing to do those same things right at all yeah uh, we know for a
2: fact they're not i yep. think the only thing that i i i uh i get uh competitive about with that stance is that i don't i don't view anything that i did and talking about the things that i did as owning up or like coming clean i take pride in everything mm-hmm. I did. so like the only thing that upsets me with when somebody says, "Well, he's part of Better Knowns," though it's like, "Heck yeah, dude!" Like it took like months. There was well, it was during the pandemic. That's a, that's one of my highlights of my life thus far is being the first small town in Tennessee to change its charter. I mean, that's pretty dope. Yeah, I'm proud of that too. Yeah. yeah. So somebody saying like, "Well, he was part of Better Knowns," though, like, I don't have to own up to it. Like, I, I, like, I would. Love to have August 6 be Charter Day. Yeah. Like if ever, uh, yes. If yes, I ever get elected, right, one right. of the very first things I'm doing is I'm running up an amendment or an ordinance. So August 6 is from now on Charter Day. Yeah. I want a
0: Charter Day parade. I want to like you dress up with like famous people from the yeah. Charter Change. You know, I want I want that to happen. You know, I want yeah. I want like the uh, like like I want to have like the town a town attorney like carrying like Tennessee state law have, like, a blindfold <laughs> as he walks around like he can't see it. You know.
1: I, I think a few <laughs> months ago I actually was lobbying for us to approach like a state representative to actually get them to like
2: memorialize
1: that, that, that we were the first in the whole state yeah like that the state should like
2: recognize that there actually is a town that did this yeah there's a, so, there's a town that's trying to do this yeah right there, that's right And they're like you they're using us as precedent to like keeping impact fees uh like only having one question on the ballot mm-hmm. like if they're using us as the, like the gold standard and then if you mentioned something inside of town limits about that, people still have like weird feelings about it, which is one of like the most extraordinary things we've done in town is that yeah. change. Yeah. yeah. It's I, I, so I do, I think we should talk about that. It hit me literally
0: just as we were having this conversation that we've personally had some of these talks about like better Nolensville, for example, and the charter change, yeah. but there has never been like a, like a public, like almost like a post mortem you would do for any like major project or anything. Like there's never been like a discussion about, what that was like right after it happened and i think that would be really cool to talk about and so i want to get there but first i think i'd love to hear a little perspective from each of us about how we got involved mm. in all this craziness to begin with because you know i i personally i think i'm probably the newest to all this world in <clears throat> <And> it <laughs> we're all different personality types right so i bet mike doesn't feel this way as much as i do anyway and he would never but it it does like kind of like never leave my mind all the way. Like it does cause me a little bit of stress. It is much easier for me to just like stay out of it. Like I know after the better knowns when the charter change stuff happened mm-hmm. for like a solid six months, I just like turned off Facebook and was like, I'm out, you know? Yeah. So like it, for me at least, it is kind of like, it's not necessarily a, a positive experience in all aspects. It actually is kind of kind of hard a lot of the time on me. It floats around in my head pretty yeah. much all the time. I'm, I'm, I, I, I am emotional about things, um, and so I, and so anyway, it's not necessarily like a, just a whole bunch of fun that we all just decided to jump in on. Right. Um, but I, I, I don't know this for for sure. But I'm pretty sure, Mike, you would be the the first of the three of us to have gotten involved. Is that fair to Chris? You, well, because you started a business. I, yeah. I was
2: publicly. He was. Yeah, he was way ahead of me um, on oh, okay. getting involved in it.
0: Okay, so maybe yeah, I I, tell I me think
1: about that. I th- maybe not involved from like a a, a publicly outspoken uh, like advocate against what was going on. That was a I, good think, I think it was that that was definitely like Mike was the first, but that
0: was the nature of your of your business mostly, yeah. right? Yeah, you really so, didn't want to shoot yourself in the foot, right? I think
1: okay. we I think I, we mentioned in an earlier episode that I started Mill Creek Brewing, yeah. and um, basically. Trying to get out of the gate and get the business up and running, I, like any good business owner, realized, like, you know, it's all who you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is a small town, so I knew starting a brewery from talking to other brewery owners in Nashville, like, you need to get to know the people in government. Because there are just all these things that come into play with, especially making alcohol, that um, I soon realized in Nolensville are even, like, ten times harder. Right. So... Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, met, uh, Mayor Jimmy Alexander, um, uh, who's sadly no longer with us, but, um, I, I met him really early on in the process of starting the brewery and, um, uh, met several of the people that are still involved in like the town staff. Um, and they were very helpful in, I guess, giving me some pointers on kind of like what I could and couldn't do. Um, felt like I had, had built some bridges there and then, um, as I got a little further into the process and had to actually go and get some things voted on, um, became very aware that there was uh, a process of how you actually play politics in Nolensville. So, um, uh, you know, some things that people may not know, like uh, I, I served uh, beer at mayor Alexander's reelection party um, at some point in the, in the past. I don't remember what year. <laughs> was, it, that, was it a little darling? Um, it was little darling. <laughs> um, so we, we have a little bit of a, a, a weird history there, but, um, but yeah, I mean, at, at that reelection party, I, I remember standing in a room, it was at, uh, Miss Green's house, um, and, and people drinking beer and, and there were all of the other aldermen. It, there was, um, yeah, I, I don't know if we're going to name names,
0: but. I mean, who was um, there at his party? I think that's, that's, yeah, I
1: mean, I mean, so there was Larry Feltz, Tommy Dugger, um, Jason Patrick, Brian Snyder, and I mean, it was the entire board of mayor and alderman celebrating the mayor getting reelected. Uh, I think oh, he, so I, I, I think he ran unopposed. <laughs> oh yeah, so sure did, I don't you know, know like how much there was to celebrate, but that's a, that's, a, that's um, <laughs> fun. You plan your re-election party well in advance. Yeah, um, a, a, a is yeah. a win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I felt like as a business owner, I felt like I had to be there based on what I was going through at the time. I remember I was trying to lobby um, for like I wasn't going to be allowed to have a tap room. That was a big question mark for us opening, and so. Um, so what, I was, did, what I, did
2: you have at first? So what was it? What was your permission at first?
1: So the permission was that we would be able to sell uh, growlers to go. We, so okay. you couldn't actually Fitch, come so in and you, could, you, you couldn't consume okay. on premise, but you could sell growlers to go. And um, then you had the manufacturing. In the right, part. and so like like. They made some concessions to even let us open because we had some certain distances you know between schools and parks and things like that that like we were kind of coming up against. It was the only warehouse space in Nolansville, so it was like either you yeah. let us do it here or we don't do it at all um so I can't say that they didn't work with us in some ways. I want to be fair to that, but um I remember at that party uh Jason Patrick walked outside to go to his car, and I like ran outside after him to flag him down to try and lobby him a little bit on, Hey, like I've gotten to talk to all the other aldermen. Like, what's the deal? Why can't we make this work? You know, he was on the younger side of the board at the time. So I figured like maybe he'd be a little more understanding. Um, I mean, he certainly listened to my points. I remember having lunch with him and Brian Snyder together at one point, and they both certainly took my points in. But when push came to shove and the, you know, we actually came up for a vote to get this done. Uh, nobody was willing to to put it through, and so the brewery opened. We had no tap room. If you know anything about breweries, it's a major part of their revenue stream. I mean, it's
2: right. your overhead, right? Yep. Yeah.
1: And so, you know, fault on me as the entrepreneur. I believed in the dream rather than the reality when to get started. Yeah. Um. But we, yeah, like that. That really hurt us not being able to start that way. Um. What happened from there on out then is. Um, yeah, we came up for vote after vote after vote every year. We had to go back to get our our beer permit
2: mm-hmm. voted on again for the yeah. tap room.
1: And so every year from there on forward, uh, it's like we kind of inched our way. What in. was the
2: explanation for that? I, I actually never asked you that. So what yeah, was the so like
1: the... The explanation I always got was, you know, this is how Nolensville's Beer ordinance is written. And so it was always written with this, like, food percentage that you had to have a certain amount of food sales to be able to sell beer.
0: Yeah. R.I.P. Nolan's Place.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and because of the food percentage and the fact that I didn't want to be in the food business, there was just no way that they were willing to look at getting around that. And so it was kind of like a uh, let's try you on for size situation where we'll let you get open, we'll let you sell some beer to go, we'll see how this goes, and then after a year, you can come back and then we'll see if you're a nuisance to the public. So
2: it's like a trial basis. Yeah,
1: and so then, you know, the next year they gave us like three days a week for 15 hours a week that we could be open to sell beer. And so you could come in, you could drink between the hours of four and nine o'clock on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and that was it. And so we made do with that as best we could, And we did that for about two years and then we came back the next year and every year it was just like pulling teeth to try them, try to get them to vote in our favor, to give us less restrictions, let us sell beer like every other brewery in Nashville. And, um, yeah, I mean, eventually it got done, uh, when I was, you know, in the process of selling the brewery, uh, (laughs) and going and on my way out, um. That was like my the literally the last thing I ever got the board to vote on before
0: right. I left was was getting just no restrictions at all. Is there? Can you point to like a specific moment that was like a turning point for you where you said like like you were playing you were playing the game. You always played the game, of course you had to mm-hmm. right, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But was there a moment? I, I don't want to use the word like antagonistic, but like where you became instead of like saying I'm gonna kind of go with the flow with this government, where you kind of switched and said. Even, even if it wasn't publicly facing because you had to schmooze people or get, win people yeah. over, was there a po- moment internally where you said, "This doesn't feel like it's going the right way, like from like a moralistic standpoint, like something's wrong here. Was there a moment you could point to and say this happened?" Yeah, kind of what got you fired up enough to say like this really is important." I don't remember what year it was
1: um probably around 17 or 2017 or 2018. Um, your wife, Liz mm-hmm. had, had started working at the brewery. Um, I remember we sat in a meeting uh, with mayor Alexander and I had had some one-on-one meetings with him. Then we had a meeting like Liz and I together with some of the staff and the mayor. The mayor had basically promised me individually that this was going to get done, like that the restrictions were going to get removed. We'd, you know, paid our dues, and basically we'd, we'd never had the police called, there'd never been a drunk driving incident, like, nothing. Right. And, I mean, keep in mind, they used to send, like, the police to, like, park at the end yeah, of Johnson Industrial. I saw
0: them all the time.
1: Like, I mean, they would just, like, park them out there on Friday nights. you were nights. on a trial basis, Yeah, well, like, I mean, it, it, was, it was yeah. absolutely, like, we had Big Brother, like, <laughs> just trying to, to nail us, and... Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like we had passed the test, and so I, I basically said that to the mayor. You know, like, I feel like we've done a great job. I feel like the the public supports us and really wants this. Um, and I felt like he had promised me that he could bring the board together. I also went out and lobbied all of the other board members. So I went to Tommy Duggar's office, had lunches with Larry Feltz, Brian Snyder, Jason Patrick, all those guys but when push came to shove, we walked into the meeting to get this voted on and it fell apart. And so all, I don't know if the, you know, like mayor Alexander just didn't feel like the, the, the board was going to go in his favor and didn't want to be the only guy voting for it. Or I have no idea. Nothing was ever explained to me. All I know is I, I was made a promise behind closed doors and then it never came to fruition. And so at that point I, I kind of realized that, um, one, don't ever trust the promise made behind closed doors. Um, but two, even, it doesn't matter what conversations I had with these people, they were having conversations without me. Right. And and there was something else going on. And so, at that point, I didn't start becoming very publicly outspoken, but I definitely started asking questions.
0: It, is it, it's interesting you mentioned, you know, we, in the last, one of the last episodes we talked about how like we just want people who are running for office to mm-hmm. make a public statement. I kind of see how that might matter to you. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. because you, you don't know what in the same way that that person is having a conversation with you, mm-hmm. and they're having conversations between themselves. That same politician might be having conversations, or definitely is, with other people. Yeah, who Absolutely. have opposing views, and they might be, might be making different promises to them. The whole point is to be publicly accountable. Yeah, um, I mean, I'll be the first yeah. to admit I
1: probably have a little bit of uh, like PTSD. Right. <laughs> surrounding like being lied
0: to by politicians. In right. You might. Yeah. I get that. Um, don't we all. <laughs> right. Okay. So. So. Mike. Tell me a little bit about. We got about four minutes and then I'll have to stop and switch right. cameras. But we, I mean. You got. We'll, we'll keep going after that. I'm I'm One sure time. Do that. All right. Let's do this. <laughs> No. Uh, tell me about how you got kind of really caring about this town's government and, and,
2: and getting involved. Right. Uh. I moved down here in April 2018. Uh, didn't have a Facebook. I think this is this is the conversation we had on a pilot. Yeah, a the last lost so nev- episode. Never gonna <laughs> get never get aired. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So uh, came came down here in April 2018. Didn't have a Facebook. Didn't care for social media. I had experience with online communication because, like, I mean, I'm 35 now. Uh, I grew up in like in the beginning of the internet age like all my buddies like we all communicate via text messages or, or chats and like i've always been on twitter so like that's kind of like my my lane there but i wanted to, like i never wanted a facebook uh when we moved down here that's when uh russell gill started his writing campaign and caitlin was like my wife caitlin she's like dude you gotta you gotta reactivate your facebook and you gotta hop on this page called the 401 it's pretty insane. So I was like, alright, like, I'll, like, I'll check it out. And then right when I did that, uh, Derek Adams was running for Alderman uh, against Tommy Duggar and uh, Steve Cody. Uh, and there was a burner account made by, there was. The, so we don't know for sure who made this account, but we know that Jimmy Alexander's uh, daughter-in-law invited that account into this private group. And she was trolling, uh, Derek Adams, while he was uh, actively campaigning, and some at, pretty
0: nasty stuff. You yeah, know. it was. She was personal at, stuff. Yeah.
2: Right, personal stuff, and it was like he w- he was going through an adoption process for his daughter. He like he was on a lookout for fake accounts. He like uh, th- a reverse image searched her profile. It came up as like a uh, travel agency stock photo. Like it, like as soon as as soon as he outed that that account, that account just vanished. Uh, and I was like, well, this is, like, I looked at all, like, I looked at everything that was going on, I'm like, okay, there's a 35-year-old guy that lives just down the street from me running for this alderman seat, uh, and he's kind of running with this writing candidate that's trying to do Nolensville right, but giving given Nolensville an option instead of having Jimmy Alexander be un, uh, unopposed again. Like, I kind of gravitated towards that, and I there was definitely a a, a feeling of, like, well, like, he's very nice. Like, this 35 year old Derek Adams that lives on the street is almost too nice. Like, if it was me, I would just go in, guns blazing, like, just out everybody. Coming from Chicago, it's that's kind of <laughs> what you do, right? Right. He was, he was just very PR, very, very calm about it. And uh, yeah, we just kind of got, I got together with him. We had coffee, and him and, and, and me and my wife. We started talking about all the stuff and like the beer ordinance was one of them that was a mm-hmm. big push to change that and i reached out to jimmy uh at the time and i asked a bunch of questions i went to a i went to a few boma meetings and the thing that my big thing was that i did feel like there was a little bit of management going on in terms of like every time i asked the question there was a very managed answer coming back which was the answer, the answers were always 75% correct and 25% puff to like, make me like not dig deeper. Yeah. Uh, and then I went to like, a, I, I went to a Bowman meeting and I look they back then they had, like, they gave you the whole budget. They used to vote on, they used to vote on, on, on cash statements. And there was a cash cash on hand statement I had at the time. I'm going to make up numbers just for a fact. It was like $12 million of cash on hand. There's $12 million sitting in the bank. And then I have in front of me, uh, Jason Patrick sitting up there and telling me that we're broke. We can't afford to do things. And that's kind of what triggered me. I came home. My wife, my wife has a finance degree. I came home. I showed her the cash on hand. I'm like, I see money here. They're telling me there's no money here. Like who's right, who's wrong? And she goes, there's money there. I'm like, okay, well, it's like I'm, like I'm done trying to ask questions to find out what's right. At this point, I know what's right. and I'm just going to start a blog and the rest is history. All
0: right, so my story is much shorter than either of yours because uh, I think my time involved is much shorter. Um, we met through you having the brewery. Basically, we moved into Ballinger Farms, which was in a straight line, pretty close to the brewery. Yeah. And we knew where the brewery was. Um, and then uh, you may not know this, but like the way I, we actually met personally, or I think Liz met you, and no, we both met actually at this thing. Uh, I was in a band that uh, we went to, we were like the band at church for uh, Haley from Paramore and uh what yeah yeah and so like we like knew her kind of like we were acquainted with her like we saw her out a few times and she like came up to us and was like I think even at this event that I'm about to talk about she was like hey like I know you from church I was like yeah like that's great like you you know I know you're from MTV right <laughs> yeah which is funny because she would always like I would notice like you know she would get bothered after church sometimes so she would she started like coming in kind of like after everything got started, and then would leave a little early just at the end, you know, so that it wouldn't be weird at church mm-hmm. for her. But anyway, I thought it was really cool. But anyway, there was a beer festival happening in Franklin, which is where our church was at the time. Yeah. And uh, her husband at the time uh, was sober, and so typically you have a beer tent at a festival uh, that's going on. Instead, at the beer festival, they had a coffee tent for people who didn't want to drink beer, and so they they had like a, a like a, a bunch of different guest DJs uh, like coming in and like playing their favorite music in the beer tent. And and she had asked us to come in and do a guest DJ set. And so we all kind of picked some of our favorite songs and we were there hanging out. Um, but while we're there at the beer festival, um, we knew this brewery existed close to our house, and we see Chris uh, and a few other people walking around with the shirts. Yeah, you had, you had yeah, shirts I on, so like, that's them. Yeah. And so Liz came and tracked you down. I was like, just wanted to say hi. I think I, I talked to you as well. And you said, come have a tour sometime. Yeah. And so uh, a few weeks later, uh, this was before the tap room was open or anything. You invited us, and then uh, Liz's family was in town. We all did a tour. It was awesome. Uh, fast forward, we started going to trivia. We got to know each other just through that. You hired Liz. Um, and we kind of like adopted the brewery as like our like surrogate child almost like we loved it just as much became fam. Yeah. And so, uh, we got to know Chris really well and fast forward again to one of those BOMA meetings where the, the, the license or the, the agreement, the permission came up again. Um, and you said, Hey, I think it's really important, you know, that we go, I went because it mattered to me. At that point, I was really like personally, just emotionally invested in the brewery being around. I I was there almost every day. Our child was there all all, all the time. Like (laughs) he loved the place. Um, And so we went. And and you know, you had like had conversations about things that were going on. Some of the things you mentioned Mm -hmm. uh, with me, and it was just I could see like your frustration. But everything that you were frustrated about made sense. Like it's like it's very like. It just makes sense. It's not it's it's very common sense, it's very logical, it's not like you're just mad because someone was mean to you or whatever. You had a a valid point. none of this made sense. And I thought maybe if I I don't know what I expected from a BOMA meeting, but when I went there, it was just like I had a little context being on the 411 of like kind of how the government talked to people or thought of like people on Facebook, whatever that means, (laughs) because they're just people. Uh but I went, and my mind was just, like, blown at how, I mean, unprofessional the whole thing was, how confusing it was, not because I didn't understand procedures, it was just, like, the, it almost felt like uh, there was that like the, one of those Lord of the Rings movies where like the uh, the king gets like possessed or whatever, and there's that guy like whispering <laughs> in his ear yeah. and it was it was the town attorney like telling him what to say the whole time it was just like he didn't even know like what was going on yeah. and and here's this system where like that's the guy making the call yep. and it's not like it's not uh, personally a personal attack on him. But, like, you can watch the videos and see how that went. It wasn't going well. And the problem was, you don't like, you can't change that. Yeah. It was just insane. And so I was like, there's something more to this than just like Chris being unhappy as a business owner that things were being promised or not quite going his way. There's something else going on here. Um, and so it kind of like pricked up my ears a little bit. And I think, I mean, it, it probably was six months, maybe even a year later. I'll never forget, I was sitting on like the end of the bar at the brewery that like is close to the door, kind of close to the food truck. Mm -hmm. I was sitting over there, which is kind of where I always sat.
2: That's the Daniel's seat. That was my seat, that's where I always was. The Daniel's seat, that's right. He comes
0: over and I don't remember exactly what you said, so I'm paraphrasing. It probably wasn't this extreme, but you're like, hey, do you want to like overthrow the government? I'm like that's that not was, what that you was, said. That, that was the start of it. Oh boy, yeah, I remember that. and you said uh, I was like maybe I don't. Want, what we,
2: what, what, is, what do you mean?
0: <laughs> Again, I don't think you said that exact those exact words. But you said I'm I'm meeting with some other people tonight, uh, and so if you're interested enough, like just come to this table over here. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it was you and that's I how, and yeah, Mike. That's how it went. Yeah. And I think I think I don't want to blow them up. But those no, so
2: other he, person... he he takes great pride in this too. It was, okay. there, it was there again. Was there, yeah, 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 he
0: was there, and uh, there was one other person that I, I don't want to bring up his name right now. That's not fair. I yeah. don't think um, who might have been there or was there at some other time. But I know the four of us, me, you, and you, and and Derek, were all there, and you all were talking about things that were so like there was so like no context. I had no idea <laughs> what. <laughs> I I wish I could like record that conversation because I think now I'd know everything you were talking about. Yeah. But it was just like it was like it was like jumping like I don't know if you ever watched Lost. It was like starting Lost in like season 4 or something. It was like <laughs> yeah. it was pretty much, that's a good description. Yeah. But I was like I was catching up little nuggets of things. I was like if half of this stuff is even kind of true, yeah. like there's something seriously wrong in this town and and yeah, and so I know that like that's kind of where Better Knownsville started, and I think we want to talk about that a little bit. I know that that was late in the year maybe 2018. Mm -hmm. And that
2: was yeah, that was like around this time, 2018.
0: yeah. Yeah. And and basically all through the winter and the spring of into 2019, we just kept talking sporadically. And none of us, like, really let go of the idea. In my mind, I've known enough people in my life who, like, kind of say they're going to do things and, like, they just, like, never actually do them. It's like the musician, like, oh, yeah, we're going to hang out sometime. We never (laughs) hang out. So I kind of, like, didn't really believe it was ever going to happen. We just kept, like, meeting every once in a while and kind of just kept going down the path and getting a little more serious. And, like, even now, looking back on it, I can't believe... (laughs) that we actually did
2: it yeah um there's so many triggers to like allow us to stop right yeah no yes one, no one was getting paid one two was like heavy heavy law like none of mm-hmm. us are lawyers yeah it was very it was inbred in like heavy law and then uh covid like, yeah. COVID happened. like we we launched signatures like the, the whole campaign to get signatures because we needed like what 3,000 signatures or something yeah like we launched that a week before COVID shutdowns mm-hmm. happened. and, and it, interestingly like we, we kind of
0: started this thing and I think one of the reasons why we were successful was that it's funny because like I was like I take exception to that someone posted something about how Derek was the leader of Better Nolensville. Oh, someone in public comments at the uh, at the planning commission right. mentioned. I was like, Derek wasn't the leader of Better <laughs> Nolensville at all. I took exception to that. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't either. Right. But like, we all had a role that right, we were playing, right, right. and and I think that's why it was successful. But I think that's all also why like people called it a political machine, or like will we'll want to refer to it that way. Who don't like like what we did, right? Because we were very well organized, and I remember like it was very clear. The whole time, this is your job in this organization, yep. organization is not even the right word, this group. Right. I was the marketing guy. Right. I was like the PR, like write the statements, yep. but I wouldn't say anything unless I got the thumbs up from, like we had like a leadership. Like we had some people who were like the, kind of like the board of yeah. better knownsville. Yeah. There were a few people who right. would like give the thumbs up or thumbs down. And then the rest of us were working. It wasn't, it wasn't a machine. It was just organized.
1: Right. Well,
0: yeah. And I know you were a big part of organizing everything. Yeah. Uh, but I know, I'll never forget. You know, this is kind of jumping ahead, fast forwarding a little bit, maybe. Uh, but I'll never forget. There was a there was a time when we were kind of already, we kind of already announced the name better Nolensville. We kind of already put some statements out. We already kind of started the work, and I was. One, I don't want to actually I actually don't want to give away my whole strategy politically because I'm helping some people I'm helping Lisa right now and so I don't want to do secrets. it and there's there's some stuff that I think is important strategically mm-hmm. but there was one thing that I really wanted to say publicly I had a whole statement written and I was like we need to do this like as soon as possible because the people who are opposing this are going to do this thing and it's yep. going to be disaster not disaster it's going to be bad for us Yeah. if they do this without us saying something first and the The board, the people who we had all entrusted and said we're gonna let we're gonna delegate the leadership role to you all, whoever that was, you mm-hmm. and a few other people. Yeah. They didn't want to do it, right? And I was not happy about it. I was, but I was livid the day that the other side did the thing that I knew they were gonna do, and I was like, but no one was stopping me. Right, I had access to the social media account. I could have just posted right. it. Right, but it was that discipline that we all had yep. to like stay together. look for the greater good, yep. and like not go out rogue and like yep. say things that the whole group didn't agree with. That's what got us through the whole thing. Yeah, um, and I, you know, looking back at it, I think one of the negatives about the whole thing was that we almost like did that too well. We almost branded it too well. Yeah, we almost everything was too like well done to the point where people almost didn't trust it because it didn't seem like it seemed too polished sure um yeah i so i do think it, it it's
1: important uh to go back i guess a little bit and talk about like how how it started like we we kind of we talked about a little bit like how we all kind of got into it right um but there's some backstory i think even before um before that conversation of the brewery mm-hmm. right so and obviously and, you, and, you and it it. yeah, it involves two of us that are here yeah. so yeah um so after mike moved here i at some point when mike got involved like politically and on facebook the insider comes out there starts being commentary um made publicly the blog is is there and and i am was still involved at the brewery and became very aware of it and was following it and like I was like, man, this guy is saying like all the things that I think yeah. are <laughs> yeah. going on. He's calling attention to all the stuff that is like obviously like there. Like there is uh, like all the corruption uh, that that I think exists. Like he has some proof that that, that that's actually going on. Um, you know, he's calling attention to some like, some of the financial like shenanigans that were occurring,
2: yeah.
1: um, and. It was, like, you couldn't argue that, like, that he didn't have the data points, uh, because, like, your wife's an accountant. Right. Well, you fine, know? no, she's an analyst. Uh, I mean, well, don't yeah, say, she... Don't okay. call her okay. an accountant. Okay, sorry, <laughs> she's gonna, like, shoot me for that, but, I mean, she, she has a financial background right. to where she can draw attention to this stuff, um... So it was just like it was like eye opening, and I remember we actually dawned on this the other night. It was <laughs> I sent you a Facebook message. Yeah. yeah, it was last night. I sent you a Facebook message, and we realized that it was the first time I'd sent you a Facebook message since 2019. so I gave you my phone number. Yeah, yeah. And that, and, and <laughs> that's yeah. when I was like, "Hey, dude, what's your number? I want to talk to you." Yeah. Um, so and we've just we've stayed in touch and texted ever since. But um, I was reaching out that night because. I was like, you know what? Like, I have to tell this guy my story. You know, like, he's he's tapped into something that is going on. He knows there's something going on. Let me give him some of the backstory of what has occurred before he moved here. And so, from that moment on, Mike and I started talking regularly yeah. about all the stuff going on and everything that we were seeing. And other people started coming into those conversations. And, um, you know, just my... Researcher side of my brain, I can't let things go at times, and so I I don't even know where this came from. But like, I started reading state law about various things, trying to figure out, like, okay, what is in our charter that allows this to happen, or what allows this to happen? Why does the mayor have so much power? And I, I don't remember what what night it was, but I just remember distinctly one night sending Mike this text. And I was like, "Holy sh! You'll never believe what I just found." And, there was, and, and there was you a remember statute, the text? Yeah. Oh yeah, there was a statute, and about it was how, just, yeah. and then I just like linked to the statute, and it was a statute. It was the part of the 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 board of like the the Boma Charter, uh, or the, the what was it called, the Mayor Aldermanic Charter, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, it was the part of that statute that talks about how you change the charter, mm-hmm. and it yeah. it just lays it out. It's like step by step, like. If you can get X percentage of registered voters to you know, show up and sign a petition, then it will go on a ballot. And then if people come out and vote on the ballot, then bye-bye charter.
2: And then you can, <laughs> then they can vote on whatever charter they want to put in place. There's a little bit more context, though, because it was a, it was, that was like right around the time that uh, Southwalk failed. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, it, it was getting very combative on the board with Derek on there. Derek was trying to change the beer ordinance. He was trying to get some road funding. He got put on the MPO, then got taken off by the MPO, from the MPO. Then got put, like, it was, there was just so much politics going on. And we were trying to get a recall uh, going. We're like, we just have to like, we have to get a new mayor because this environment super That's toxic. Right. Yeah. And then the, the, BOMA, the, the BOMA type of government does not have a recall. So
0: so be, be careful, though. Like, I want to make sure you clarify this. Because it sounds like if I was someone who, especially if I didn't like Mike, I don't like the Nolenzel Insider, I don't like the three of us, I would say it sounds like you just don't like what the mayor's doing, like, so you just need to replace him. Like, there's got to be more to that than just that, right? Like, what what was it that was, like,
2: so ineffective that you thought a recall would be necessary? It was... It was just a game, it was always a game. And it was, it became to a point where it was like, you have to silence whatever's going on in the background because you didn't like it. So it was, it started off with Creekside, they wanted to connect Creekside. And then that was the first actual movement in the Longsville people started wearing red shirts, having signs at, at bono meetings, a mm-hmm. mayor being extremely disrespectful to, to, to those residents. And it ended up failing, they didn't like, the movement succeeded. The, the motion or the amendment failed so they didn't, they didn't connect the quickside and then after that it was uh, it was the, 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 the right in election and then Derek being on a board and trying to get the beer uh, the, the beer percentages change beer to food ratios uh, road funding uh, budget but uh, budget issues Dude, there was like a oh. year that like we reported 10 months out of the year on budget and <laughs> to make it look like we're not making as much money like, we were constantly over, like, 20% of Like, revenue. 10 months instead
1: of 12 months? Yeah, so, like... We so, were we po- just shaved two months off we, the we, year.
2: Yeah, we just shaved... Like, and we, like they presented <laughs> to the public, this is how much money we, we collected. And, see, it's like, we did well, but, like, we don't have all this money. And then when they send it up to the comptroller, there's, there's those two missing I, months. I do
1: remember there was a meeting where Caitlin, your, yeah. your wife, like, came and... Uh, like made this this presentation to the board about how there was like four hundred thousand dollars. It
2: was like yeah, it was like four hundred. There's like yeah. four hundred
1: thousand dollars that wasn't accounted for in the budget that they had available uh, to This spend.
0: was like in the middle of better Owensville stuff because I was like yeah oh major. yeah I mean yeah. it was like
1: a huge deal. But I so I think we could do an entire show dedicated <laughs> and, and, and we, <laughs> yes. will. we will we will for yes. the record for the record we will yeah uh, just dedicated to like the misgivings and the failures of BOMA yeah. Um, everything that we saw that like was wrong, corrupt, you know, just the things that we have opinions about. Um, I think, I think we definitely are going to get into that. But I think to Mike's point, there were, there were a lot of things leading up to why, why was I even looking at that statute? Mm-hmm. Um, but I will never forget sending that text message and being like, holy crap, like, we can do this.
2: Did you even consider that as a possibility going into it? Like, so for me, the reason why the reason why I said recall first was because I, at that time, my political knowledge at that time, that was the only course of action that I knew existed. Like, you, yeah. if you don't like a politician, you recall them. Did you know that, there was, that you can change a charter?
1: No, I think that's actually, so that's a great point. Because I think that is actually what sent me down the rabbit hole was I think you and I started having a conversation about a recall. And I was like, great, I'm going to just start looking at it. And so, yeah. I think in researching whether or not you could do that in Tennessee, that's how I ended up on, well, you can't actually recall them. You can just recall the entire government, though. Yeah. Um, so that's how you do it. And so, um, you know, we, we we talked about it internally, just you and I, for weeks about, like, how, how would this even be possible? What could, it, like, what could even happen? And then we started bringing other people into the conversation and it just became really clear that okay if we're going to do this like like the the burden to actually get it over the hill is going to require an immense amount of effort because right. like the amount of people that live here has changed from when the charter was instituted so like right. to get the percentage of voters to actually sign this petition is a huge number uh, I don't even remember what the number is. It was so like,
2: like 3,500. Yeah. Yeah. It was a certain yeah. percentage, right? Of total. Right. Of but they residence. have to be
1: like in actual ink. Yeah. It like can't be a, like wet signatures. We could do an online petition. Correct. We couldn't
0: do any other
1: version of that. Correct. And so like it was just the this, the things we were going to have to do were just insane. And I immediately was like, okay, like I'm very entrepreneurial. Like yep. the only way I know how to do this is to like organize it.
0: Yep. Um,
1: so we had that conversation. That's when we, That's when I brought you in at the brewery. That's kind yeah. of what led up to that timeline.
0: And I, I will like, you know, there's a lot of details that may or may not be interesting. I, I do think that like the pandemic and what that did to us, mm. um, I thought for sure that was just, uh, that was the death knell for us. Like yeah. that was it. Yeah. Um, the, we had, you know, we were going around knocking on doors with a petition like you do normally with a petition right? Uh, for maybe a week and a half. Ish, I don't know, maybe maybe a little more than that, but it wasn't long. And and that the pandemic already existed, but then it was like all the shutdowns, everything happened, and all of a sudden it was like you don't knock on anybody's door, you couldn't do that. There's no right, way. Right. And so I know the first few things we did were we um we we asked for volunteers to basically have like petition signing stations and we set them out like I know what we did at our house. Yep. You set out a little a little stand or a chair or something, a stool, or something, you put a clipboard. And some hand sanitizer and a bunch of pens, and you say we put a sign up. it a sign petition here, and it was. We also put it on a website. Said anywhere, you know, if you're out and about, you can come here and sign. You know, wash, you know, clean your hands, yep. do that whole thing, and so that was that was one thing we did. Um, and then there was also, for a while, we also added on the idea of. Um, if you wanted to sign the petition, you could ask someone to come to you If you were, it'd schedule a certain time. And then a volunteer would go to your house and yep. sign it. And these were like, you know, it's funny because you have these pages of a petition that are like 25 signatures per page or whatever. And you'd have all these individual pages that were like three signatures on a page. And I don't know exactly what it was, but something at some point kind of like dawned on us as a group. It was like, well, if we can turn in like an incomplete... Petition page, like what are the limitations of, of the petition? Yeah, like what does what necessitates like what constitutes a petition? And so we asked a whole bunch of, of questions of the election commission and said, like, basically, what can we do? Like, would this work? They said, no, we can't do that. What this? No, we make a special consideration because of the pandemic. No, it has to be this. It's just the way it is. And that's what we came up with the idea of the the door hangers. And I think that was like the key was we, yeah. we came up with the door hanger that had, we, we would put a door hanger that was perforated. So the, the bottom half of the door hanger you could just tear right off and it had all the language that was required by law and like a spot for maybe like four signatures um, and all the information you had to put with it. Um, and then it was also pre-stamped yeah. with the, everything ready to go. So all you had to do was tear it off, sign it, and put it in your mailbox. And we had a PO box that it would come to and then we also had stapled, like, some extra information to the door hanger so that people would...
2: And I still, like, I still have a few leftover post- oh, post- have left over. Oh, I have a hundred left over. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, hold on. I'm so glad you went down this route because we have to explain. There's going to be times in this podcast when e- either of us refer to you as Danta. Oh. <laughs> so Danta is a combination of Daniel and Santa because he, it was his P.O. box. He would go, like, a couple times a, a week to empty out the P.O. box and he would, like, log on to a chat and tell us how many signatures he got so we started calling him danto it was the guy that was bringing gifts yeah. a couple of times <laughs> a week went, i i can't call you you Daniel don't, and I don't text him anymore no i you do don't. not well it's funny because like i'll know ne- I, man i, I maybe we will post these
0: or something but like some of the pictures i would take from the the p.o box of these like thick stacks of of postcards that you know it has you know signatures yeah. we get 60 or 70 in a day and it was like man this actually is working it was like the it was the most like positive thing in the world and And it was just it was so exciting to be a part of that
1: What I'm I don't think we ever like calculated this, but I'm just curious like what percentage of signatures do you think we actually collected?
0: That's a good question through door hangers. I don't have the information, but I bet it's half at least At least 50% Yeah. yeah
1: And, and it was also funny... Which is to, nuts to think about.
0: Yeah, uh, it was always funny to get, like... Because I look at all of them, because you want to verify them and, like, you know... Right. Uh, and then I would I would actually drop them off at uh, Lisa Garamoni's house. And so I would, like, yeah. I, always, I always let her know I was coming over. And I'd drop them, uh, uh, you know, on her front porch or hand them to her, you know. But uh, we'd always get, like, the the joke signatures, you know. People yeah. who hated us, you know, would be like, you know, no giant letters or, you know... There was a there was a fake Jimmy Alexander signature on there, I remember that. Uh, which I knew I knew for a fact he didn't sign it. It was like someone <laughs> playing a joke on us, you know. Um, but that was that was a great time, and, and honestly, I'll, I'll never forget. We had moved into this house by that point too, where we're recording this. I'll never forget like the night that that election happened. We can we can talk a little bit about that maybe yeah. in one more segment. we were about to run out of time again already. Um, but it. we'll, we'll make this as long, like I said, we're not going to limit ourselves. Right. Um, so we'll talk one more segment about this. It might be a shorter one and then we'll, we'll move, we'll do another episode later. But, um, I want to talk about the transition from better Nolensville to what we called for Nolensville. Mm. Um, and like some of the, like the funny things that happened around that and like why we changed the name. All, was it a secret what, are those <laughs> things not related? Yeah. Why do the logos look so right. similar? <laughs>
2: uh,
0: you know, all that yeah. stuff. So we'll talk about that here in just a second. All right, we're back. Uh, and we wanted to talk a, few, a little bit more about the transition from when we got the petitions, basically. That we had enough signatures. Yeah. And then the next step was, all right, now you, it's going to be on the ballot. And you have to, you have to <laughs> people have to vote for it, whether yeah. they want it or not. The charter change. And so I, I, I want to talk for a minute about what, you know, what that day was like when we knew we had the signatures because that was important. Um, I guess it was, I think we had to turn the signatures in and I think we, we counted them and then always the election commission throws a certain number out they're not valid for some reason, whether they, yeah. they're not, they're not they the right address anymore or some other problem. It was a duplicate maybe. Yeah. Um, and so there's always a certain percentage to get tossed out. And so, we felt pretty good about the fact that we had it, but there's no guarantee, right? Right, right. Um, and and again, it felt so surreal to even accomplish that, um, that I kind of, that day's a blur for me. I don't remember much about that other than just like, okay, now we have more problems.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Now we got to get a passed.
0: Yeah. Now we got to like have a real campaign, like an election type campaign. Right, right. To like make sure people know about this thing and and know what it means and... Um, I do know for a fact that I don't want to be the only one talking here, but I do know for a fact that the first, like, we knew one thing. We knew knew that legally, after that petition was done and it was on the ballot, we weren't legally allowed anymore to just not have some kind of registration with the government. We had to. Yes,
1: we had we had to become uh, essentially a, a referendum committee, which is so similar to like a political action committee for or a, a, you know where you're. Basically, uh,
0: oh, it was called a single issue committee. That's what it's
2: single, called. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's right. That's that was right. the official yeah. name of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, but it was it, it's the same as a political action committee where you're basically you know campaigning for a candidate. Right. Uh, as, soon as, as
2: soon as you push for a vote as a group, right. you have to register. Right.
1: So the moment it went on the ballot, like we had done our research and we knew that we had to to become legal. I know we got a lot of questions just even trying to get it onto the ballot mm-hmm. of like, how is this legal? How can you be so organized and and like this be legal? You're obviously
0: nefarious because you are organized, well, right? <laughs> exactly, you know, there's right? Secrets happen, but
1: I mean that that's how. So like the the state doesn't actually require you to to legally organize and you know actually state membership or you know have um, you know a list of like campaign contributions or anything like that until it's actually something that people are going to vote on publicly. Yeah. So we. Um, I mean, we went through all the paperwork, like, had a treasurer. That was me. Yep. <laughs> you raised, were your treasurer? I was. I did not even know that. Yep. Like, got a separate bank account, raised funds. It was a, it was like, a lot we, of work. I mean, we did all the things that you would do if you were running for office. Uh, we just did it to support this this one ballot initiative. Yeah. Um, and really, the, like the game plan didn't change, right? Nope. Like, same organization, same people. All of a sudden like nobody got paid no like there was there was no campaign funds oh, being like spread around for like a salary or something it was literally just hey we're gonna still take the same roles that we had before but we need money to like buy signs or yeah like to be able to pay for advertising or yeah you know any of the costs that go with like running a campaign i have... want to
2: remember how much we spent on on, on four it, oh, I don't remember off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, I don't remember that was it was a it was a maybe a few thousand dollars. Yeah, it was not much. No, because I will say this though. One thing to be clear of, I do know, I do remember this distinctly. Um, number one, we were very concerned about integrity and how we did things. We, if it was required by law, we didn't just like make it look like we were following the law. We actually did it. One example would be, the second that, that charter that the petition got. You know, we got enough signatures, and now it's an official element on the ballot. Uh, Lisa Garamoni said, "You know what? I'm out because I think I might run for office." Yep. And I'm a candidate, and she said, "I wish you the best, but do not like I'm out of this. I don't want to be included in the communications. Like if I if I want if I learn about something, I want to know about it publicly the way everybody else knows about it. Don't don't involve me anymore." Yep. For the sake of integrity, that it's not just I want to look like I'm doing the right thing, I want to make sure that in every way I actually am doing the right thing. And I can honestly say that every step of the way, both with the petition and with 4 Nolansville, we didn't, we, we pursued like real integrity with what we did.
2: And we had no choice either. Like, so we, we, uh... Not me specifically, but I know that everybody, like, Chris still had the brewery. Like, he couldn't mess up. If we if this didn't work and if it came crashing down with, like, a technicality or just it failed miserably, like, his brewery would have taken a hit. Mm-hmm. Like, you got, like, I, I had a reputation of the insider, so I didn't I didn't carry any of the burden. But, like, there was, like, Lisa wanted to run for office eventually. Derek was in office. Uh, like, so, yeah, he backed out. out, too. He was, like, you yeah. know what, he was vocal supporter of, like, you know what he cared for, but yeah, he backed out too. Yeah, but the, uh, like the, every everyone that was involved in it had a reputation, a job, or something on the line. We like we had to follow exactly the letter of the law, and we had to put all our effort into it because collectively we needed it to succeed. Right. So. Well,
0: and, and so so what we did was we we. We talked about it though. Like we had worked so hard to like make better Nolensville, like a name that people recognized, almost like a brand in its own way. And that's one of your expertise is like brand. Like what does that mean? What does the word brand mean? And I don't want to go too like marketing nerd because that's like my world and that's your world. But it that that mattered to us. It was like we've done all this work, but at the same time, like we can't we can't keep the same name um, because that doesn't work. Because then it's like, how does the government know that like? The thing before was just citizens organizing, which is what Better Knownsville was, versus like now we're actually pushing for a measure on a ballot and we're required to like officially organize and like fill out paperwork. So it was, yep. what do we want? We, we have, we're we going to organize. We're going to have an official name. The other question that kind of came with that was, okay, well, can we find out what the language was going to be on the, on the actual ballot? Because the biggest thing you always see is like you always see like signs in other people's yards like... Vote no on measure right, number right. two or whatever, um, and so we wanted to find out what that was, and we, we we've learned that the ballot was going to say for or against yeah. that that referendum, and so we said we want people to vote for, and we've got Nolansville. and so we were yeah. like, okay, people recognize about our Nolansville logo. It's all this, not all, it's mostly the same people. Let's just change the word. Let's just change the word. Yeah. And let's make sure the word for is very like, you know, clear. That's what we, that's what that, that is. Um, there was no uh, question. There was no uh, secret. Yep. There wasn't, we were trying to hide that it was a bunch of people from Better Nolensville. To be clear also, right. we never talked about this. <clears throat> when we launched Better Nolensville... We literally took headshots of ourselves (laughs) signing a petition one by one and posted them online with our names. Yes, yeah. (laughs) There was no like question about you know. So like, there's like this whole like nags thing happening right now. Like, and they're like, oh, I'm not. That's not a thing. Yeah, Uh, they got spooked. I think because they like realized the government might be interested in like how organized they are about voting a certain way. Yeah. Which, when we did that, we had to fill out paperwork. All of a sudden, like they had a secretary. We've again, we said this before. We just
2: missed
0: it, no, we didn't have one. We didn't, no notes, take but down. I want to <laughs> make sure, yeah, I want to make sure that w- this gets passed across to the camera again. We literally have seen every nags email that's ever been sent. So, everyone who's saying it's not real, <laughs> I mean, there's like 50 people we saw, like when you guys met somewhere at a certain candidate's house, yeah. you know, yeah. like we know about all of it so like to act like you don't exist and you're not organized is just ludicrous the difference is when we did it we actually were willing to put our face on it and admit it and say yep. we're proud of what we're doing yep. we're not scared of everyone knowing what we're involved in but before, and we're
1: willing to tell you the story about how we did it after the fact yeah we'll tell
0: you about yeah <laughs> versus
1: like this also, is like a behind the music yeah you know? which by
0: the <laughs> like, way i think uh, yeah so maybe next episode uh, we'll talk about election games that are being played right in the past and the present yeah um but um the other little piece like for nolensville so like i had done a lot of the work on the website and i knew that legally i couldn't just like we couldn't just like change the website name and like call Mm -hmm. it the same thing so i went through all the work of like literally doing an in-kind donation of assets for the website and like transferring it was like like (laughs)
2: <laughs> I didn't have
0: to do that from like a technical perspective. <laughs> right. I did all this insane work just so we could have integrity as an organization. Yep. And so that's why like it really like upsets me when like people act like we were being secretive. It's the same thing as like people can just like hurl accusations without yeah. backing it up. And again, people called better knowns a bunch of bullies. But I, I said this in the last episode, like I would always challenge them. Show us one screenshot. Right. Show us one thing. Right. Link, give us a link. And just silence. It's always silence. Um, but that election day, after that all that work, I remember. I remember I took the day off and I worked at the polls. I held signs out at um, Sunset Middle School. I think is where I was. Maybe there was mm-hmm. a there was a poll there.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and it's just again, I, I I told you all during I told you during a break. I said it, it feels surreal. I, I I couldn't I couldn't feel emotion almost. It was oh, so. Yeah, that like, was
2: the exact opposite. Really? Oh yeah. There's two so. Aside from like very personal things like having kids and getting married, there's two moments in my life where I completely lost my crap, like completely just melted down in the moment. One was the Cubs running the World Series. <laughs> just, it was like a complete like this finally happened. Like, I can't believe I'm like I'm a part of this. Yeah. Uh, and then I remember the vote coming. I remember the early coming in, right when the post or right when the polls closed, and uh, sitting in my playroom with my entire family. And then I'm like trying to do the math. I'm like, we're up by this much. Like early voting is a very big effect. Like it's a very big sample size. And uh, like just constantly refreshing the page, watching the YouTube link for the election commission. And as soon as it like hit like 72 to 28 percentage wise, just completely, like I'm talking about like, roaring. the top talking my lungs. It's, like Finally. Love it. Like, I'm a, a finally like, it's over. Yeah, it you know, was brutal, man. That was a really, really brutal process. It, like, f- from getting challenged online every single day yeah. to like putting in so much work. And like, the COVID thing was a big issue. Like, it, it, like it, it felt like every couple of weeks there was another hurdle to like cross. And it was like, well, now you can't go door to door. Now the signing stations are not working that great. Now, like the kids are out of school, so everybody's schedules out of whack, and and finally figuring out doing the doing the doing the door hangers and like waiting on Dental to tell us the numbers. <laughs> that we like it was it was brutal. Like it was, it, was it, yeah. it would have been much easier if it was without COVID, obviously, and it would have been much easier if the government was at least willing to accept the idea that the citizens want to do this because we the whole time we we're fighting the government, literally. Like they're like Larry Feltz was up. Every single month, talking about how we're trying to administer a coup. Yeah, like that's this, true. Th- yeah. These, these are people in power that are ma- like painting us in, these, in this evil light. And we're trying to, like in our minds, and like history is going to has proven us right already, we're trying to better Nolensville, right? And then the people that are representing Nolensville that hold all the power are making us this evil entity that's I, trying to overtake government. I mean, I remember there was a
1: moment, uh. Remember how far into the process it was, but there was a moment when the town attorney for Nolensville was sent to the election commission meeting. Yeah, with the with the up oh, Zoom, with yeah. the yes. up Zoom. But it, but <laughs> it, but, it, but like he, he, he was in a th- car. He was something. basically like ta- he was basically like sent to the to meet with the election commit at their meeting, to like talk on behalf of Nolensville. Uh, to somehow like ensure that this process
0: was
2: being done properly.
0: No, to like, if like and make
2: sure that we we don't need two questions on. The yeah,
0: yeah, uh, exactly. Well, let's let's save that for the next episode because I yeah. think our le- the next episode is going to be we talked about like maybe like election change. Election, against, yeah. Or that, or right. not? A, we already used that word in an episode. So <laughs> past and present games with the election, right? right. Um, but I do want to say you know everybody might not actually know this, but because um, you won't find everyone on the board of commissioners now promoting this, but. The, the city of Nolensville actually won an award yeah. for the charter change, bec- right. signifying or, or commemorating the fact that the charter change, the citizen-led charter change in Nolensville, is the first time in Tennessee state history that that has ever happened. Yep. And it actually hasn't happened since. This is the only time in the history of the state of Tennessee yep. that these citizens have organized and decided on their own to change their form of government. Yeah. In any town, anywhere.
1: I love it personally because, I mean, you just think about American history, and you think about how this country was started, and it was literally started with some people rising up, meeting in some back rooms, maybe in a tavern, maybe over a beer. <laughs> it uh, wasn't a tavern. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, that's right. what they say. It that's is. what they say happened. Yeah. But like, but literally, our founding fathers meeting together and saying, like, enough with the tyranny. We're done. Like we're going to, we're going to rise up and and we're going to start a revolution. And that's literally what, so like whoever put that into the state code, like the statute that said you can do that, was obviously thinking about, yeah. hey, at a local level, it's we not- want to give people the same. It's it's like the American right. Yeah. That like if if you don't like how things are being done. You have the right to rise up as long as you get everyone else on your side, or at least a majority of them, to say, "Yeah, we're with you." Then this is how it goes. And at the end of
2: the day, seventy-two percent of voters threw the tea in the harbor. Right. Like that's literally what happened. Yeah, I
1: I mean, all that was missing was like the tar and the feathers. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I I
2: do wonder.
0: (laughs) I never thought of this before. I do wonder. Like, I would love to. I don't know. There's a way to even find this out. Like, who is responsible for that being in like Tennessee state law? Like where did that come from? But like, got, like, a beer, get him, get him a yeah, big boy. Sure. Right, it's fascinating. my <laughs> really like, going. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating that someone even thought of. Yeah. Like, like that yeah, could be so a like, possibility. Yeah. Especially the fact that like the, the the state of Tennessee Tennessee has been around for so long. Right. Like, and obviously that probably wasn't there at the beginning. Sure. Maybe it was. I don't know. But like the idea that someone somewhere, a legislator. Introduced this into the, the town code yeah. or that's the city or the state,
2: whatever that is uh, And said This could be a possibility someday sure. You know what that guy also did the guy also wrote a very important language in that code saying that if you do this Everything transfer over including impact. Fees. Ooh, so, I like that. So. All right Mike's gone. So <laughs> we're, to gonna, yeah, we're gonna come back. Thank you for
0: watching small town charm The next episode is gonna be about insane games that are being played in the election Past, present, hopefully not in the future, but I think we can prevent some of that if we actually (laughs) talk about it. So uh, come back next time. Thanks for watching Small Town Charm.